What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Block Hash Podcast, episode 255. Today, we have uh, Dan Edelbeck, co-founder of the Say Network. Dan, how are you doing today? Brandon, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm good. Good, good. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, a bunch of I want to talk to you about. I want to dive into the Say Network and you know what you guys are doing there. Before we do, tell me a bit more about uh, yourself and your background, uh, why you're in Mumbai, um, maybe a little bit as well about how you got into the crypto space. Yeah, no, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, last time we were on, I was helping lead Sentinel, um, which is a mm -hmm. centralized VPN project um, built on Cosmos. Um, but I've been in crypto, I guess, five full years now. Um, it's kind of been a wild ride. I got involved in late 2016 um, when I was volunteering in Costa Rica um, in the Peace Corps. Um, and then uh, by middle of 2017, I was really working full time in, in crypto. Um, and I uh, initially launched a Salt Lendings um, community and got people involved in being able to communicate and collaborate on kind of what was uh, Salt Lending um, building out. Uh, and that kind of led to a lot of the um, DeFi protocols and things that we've seen. One of say, Salt Lending's competitors was called um, ETHLEND at the time, which ended up uh, becoming Aave. Um, so went from salt lending to working with a few different projects in crypto. I led um, a PR marketing agency, Digital Connects, and we had um, projects like Salt, like um, Metal Pay, like Mind AI, several companies that we worked with um, on their PR marketing community, um, got involved in kind of understanding everything on the like story and, and narrative and meta side of crypto. Um, and then I came on as a marketing manager for Block Party which was a NFT ticketing uh, protocol. So ticketing for events, they put on the first live music uh, festival that was fully ticketed by NFT tickets. That was like 2018, 2019. Um, and then uh, I went and did my MBA in Boston, uh, focused on entrepreneurship and, and technology. And then um, in 2020 and 2021, I led uh, Sentinel, the centralized VPN protocol built on Cosmos. And I've been kind of deep in the Cosmos ecosystem for the past three years now. Um, so yeah, it's been kind of a wild ride and we've seen all the ups and downs. I've been through some cycles and it's been exciting, but, um, I'm really pumped about what we're building now. I'd say. Nice. Um, are you still with Sentinel or do you completely move on to focus on say? Yeah, I've completely moved on and fully focused on say, and, um, really, really passionate about kind of the DeFi primitives and building out like a robust DeFi ecosystem. I think especially, um, seeing kind of the crazy fallout of, of 3AC and how poorly managed that capital was, but also mm -hmm. how opaque everything was. Uh, it's not just 3AC, but, you know, the centralized lending protocols like Celsius and BlockFi and Nexo. And there's a lot of kind of um, ambiguity around kind of how those companies operate. Um, I really think DeFi is going to be continuing to be important as we have more transparency and, and more accountability in the space. Yeah, DeFi is going to be massively important going into the near future. Um, it seems to be the trend in the space lately. How do you imagine, say, fitting into that ecosystem and, you know, helping, you know, fix some issues in that space and take it to the next level? Yeah, no, no. appreciate the question. So I'll give a kind of a high level of Say. So Say mm -hmm. is a layer one blockchain um, purpose built for DeFi primitives to build out a DeFi ecosystem. Um, so it's an L1 blockchain built on the Cosmos SDK, part of the kind of Cosmos broader ecosystem, and it's connected to all the other Cosmos chains via the IBC, the Inter Blockchain Communications Protocol. But this L1 blockchain is purpose built for an order book. 
So instead of what we kind of know in a lot of the, like the, the DEXs of uh, crypto today where they use automated market makers and, you know, you and I, Brandon, can provide liquidity and then in an in LP pool and then it pulls from our liquidity to be able to um, match, you know, s- swaps. Mm-hmm. Um, in that AMM system, there's a lot of like inefficiencies with order execution. There's large issues with um, like slippage. And then there's also issues with um, with front running and um, MEV, minor, ext- um, minor extractable value. Um, and with uh, order books, that's kind of what we've always known. You know, all the traditional um, exchanges on, and, and equities and, and traditional trading platforms are using order books. You know, Binance, FTX, Coinbase Pro, they're all using order books. So traditional exchanges use order books and institutions need order books to be able to get um, clarity into the, the markets that they're trading in. Uh, it's been a best practice for, you know, over 40 years now. And we're bringing order books into DeFi. So that's really what we're building out in, in at Say is an order book optimized blockchain for high performance, high throughput, low latency. Um, and to be able to have it's a permission chain. So other DeFi protocols can build on Say, but only if they're approved by the broader Say ecosystem and, and um, the token holders as they get uh, voted in on via on-chain governance. How do they vote on bringing another chain in or another DeFi project in on top of Say? How does that work? Yeah. So let's just say a pro- project wants to build on Say and they want to bring a borrowing lending protocol or a, a money market protocol on top of Say, and they're going to use Say's order book as um, part of its infrastructure. Um, then that team that would have that would probably talk to the say team. We kind of understand kind of what their ideas are. If, you know, vet them, make sure it's a really solid project and that's an actually needed product product. And then, um, that team would, um, ping a validator or if they have their own tokens, they could just put an on-chain proposal onto the say network blockchain. Um, and then like any on-chain governance proposal with any like cosmos based chain, um, the broader community would vote on, um, the benefits and pros and cons of having that protocol be a part of um, a protocol building on say, and then um, they would go live from there. Nice. Have you guys integrated with any existing DeFi projects or have any reached out and decided to try and build on say yet? Yeah. Yeah. So where we are in our lifespan, we're on, um, we haven't started our incentivized testnet yet, but we are live on testnet on like a sandbox environment testnet. And uh, tonight, today's the 29th of June. I think this might go out in a few days, um, maybe by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. I think in the first week of July, we'll, we'll kick off our incentivized testnet, the Sainami testnet. Um, and uh, then we're looking as that'll probably be a couple months of really like extremely stress testing the chain, pushing it to its limits, the, um, seeing the order execution on tra- chain, um, you know, all of the validators operating on chain, making sure that the, the chain is highly performant and highly functional. And then probably in September is when we're looking to go on mainnet. But we have yeah, already been having quite a few conversations, both with uh, Terra projects that we're building on DeFi protocols within Terra. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had advanced conversations with them. And then also Solana. Um, Solana is becoming more of a chain optimized for like NFTs and NFTs have kind of really taken off in Solana, but the DeFi ecosystem has um, kind of been neglected quite honestly. Um, and so we're actually talking to a lot of teams in Solana and, and some of them are actually looking to build um, DeFi protocols within Say. And a couple are confirmed, um, but not ready to be announced quite yet. Yeah, I think definitely with Solana, NFTs have taken, I think, a foothold in front and center for a little while now and are pretty mm-hmm. hot as an alternative to, you know, doing 
NFTs on Ethereum. But yeah, DeFi kind of gets overlooked as a very complex thing to put together. Are there any in particular use cases with DeFi uh, that you know some of these projects or developers are wanting to try out on the test net for say? Have you guys had those conversations? Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of why you were seeing, you know, quite honestly, like an exodus from like DeFi on Solana is that mm-hmm. it's it's not feasible. Like um, Say is is very similar to kind of what you could think of in the Solana ecosystem like Serum. So Serum is also an L1 blockchain optimized or an L1 protocol optimized for an order book. And you can build DeFi primitives and DeFi protocols on top of Serum using their order book. But it's not its own L1 chain and it can't optimize for throughput and for block space um, because it's all using, you know, the Solana base chain. And with all of the congestion that's happening and, and the outages and downtime on Solana, it really makes it inf- completely infeasible um, for institutional market makers and people to come in and provide liquidity and rely on an order book when the chain itself is going down or when there's congestion on chain. Um, and that's also why, um, like you, you, we've seen recently, like um, DYDX also operates with an on-chain order book. Um, they just left from Ethereum and, and Starkware to, uh, and to move on to their own um, native Cosmos-based L1 chain. I think that there's going to be more of that kind of transition as people realize the potential of having horizontal scalability and being able to control all the parameters for your own chain. So that's exactly kind of what our thought process was and, and say um, really kicked off at the very beginning of 2022 in January. Um, Jay and Jeff, a couple other co-founders, were actually building in the Terra ecosystem and they were thinking about um, building an on-chain order book and it wasn't feasible on Terra. Um, you know, a 10 to 15 cent um, transaction costs at the time when, you know, this is way before kind of the collapse of Terra and way before there were any kind of issues with um, Luna or US, UST. Mm-hmm. Um, just the cost of transactions made it infeasible for institutional market makers that are going to come in and be constantly updating an order book and moving around orders and um, optimizing for, you know, um, a, a fair and, and equal market. Um, so with Say, we've optimized the blockchain on, on several fronts. Um, one thing we did is we've really optimized for latency. Um, so a typical block size and like a Cosmos SDK based chain is around six to seven seconds per block. Um, but right now on testnet, we're seeing a little over 1.3 seconds per block, which is honestly the fastest blockchain L1 um, per block other than Solana itself um, in the in the great greater kind of like crypto ecosystem. Um, so we're really optimizing for, for low latency. And then for throughput, um, we're also optimizing there. We're seeing like 13 to 1500 transactions per second, which is faster than um, most Cosmos-based chains. Um, and the way that I think this is going to really be successful for DeFi protocols is because you're going to be able to have lots of orders go through per block. And also, um, we're not only optimizing for performance, but we're also optimizing for better trade execution, right, and price execution. Um, and so what we have is um, auctioned orders, um, batched auction orders, so that every block all of the orders that happen per block are executed at the same price. So, Brandon, you might have had um, an order that was going through at $1.55, and I had an order that was going through at $1.60. But both of our orders went through at, in the same 1.3-second block. We would all get, like, the $1.55 price point. So um, 
with shorter block times and for um, able to um, batch batch orders per block, um, we're getting better trade execution, um, quicker finality, and um, just higher performance chain that you can actually build DeFi primitives on. So that's why I think the opportunity is, is massive within um, the Cosmos ecosystem for DeFi because of the customization um, at the at the layer one. Yeah, that's really good to hear. That's really good throughput too. That's crazy. Um, have you guys had any interest from projects within the Cosmos ecosystem? Because I know you're pretty involved there as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're going to make it composable as well. So mm -hmm. like, you know, there's opportunities for like AMMs that already exist to like leverage the say um, underlying order book to be able to have their AMM um, like osmosis, for example, be able to have limit orders and that way people could dollar cost average into prices or, or positions that they want. They could actually set limit orders. Um, so there's opportunities for collaboration and for like cross functionality with other DeFi protocols. Um, yeah. So that's definitely the way we're looking at it. Um, and then there is a project that's um, building right now on top of say um, that's a um, uh, perpetuals protocol. So perpetual contracts um for uh leverage trading um so that's getting incubated now and it's actually they just made the announcement um that it's going to be coming out so really excited about that that is actually going to go live with our mainnet launch um at the end of september so it's not going to just be an l1 that protocols can build on but there will be like an end user um consumer application at launch as well Got it. Tell me a bit more how it's beneficial for Terra. They've, they, geez, they've had a number of issues in the past couple months. Um, are they primarily looking to do something solely around DeFi or, you know, do they want to apply this in other ways? I, I know they're trying to get a lot more support back to the, to the ecosystem, to their chain because of, you know, the things that have happened with um, Lunaterra and the, their stable coin and, and whatnot. Maybe they got a little ahead of themselves, but what, what are they looking to do with say, yeah. So projects that were like a part of the Terra ecosystem, like from my perspective, and this might be controversial, but like, mm -hmm. I think Terra is done. Like there's Terra too. And there's some people trying to build in there, but you know, the design mechanism was unsustainable and the way that the treasury was managed wasn't function, wasn't feasible. And uh, unfortunately UST blew up and, and then Luna was printed infinitely to be able to try to like maintain the, the peg. Um, and, and then for Do Kwan to kind of come out and say, you know, instead of mea culpa, and this was a big mistake and like, I'm sorry for all the like, in, in, like damage that I was done. He said, oh, we're going to run it back or we're going to like start Terra 2. I thought that was crazy. And I think a lot of other teams have thought that was crazy too. So a lot of the DeFi protocols that we're building on Terra have left. Mm -hmm. And, um, like Mars protocol, for example, is now building on osmosis. Um, and that was announced and there are a lot of other kind of like interesting projects that are kind of looking for how they're going to like bring their devs and where they're going to position, position themselves for a future home. And, uh, Terra was built on the Cosmos SDK and was connected via IBC. So, um, building Cosmosm smart contracts was something that was already native within the Terra ecosystem. Um, so a lot of that developer mindshare and like builders that already have protocols or that want to continue to build. Um, are looking for where their next homes are. And that's where we're having conversations about kind of providing an, an easy onboarding um, experience for them to on-ramp and, and build high-quality DeFi protocols, um, but, you know, in, in a sustainable manner. Um, but, yeah, I, as far as, like, the Terra 2 ecosystem and, and what's going on there, 
Um, I'm not paying too much attention. I, I think that, um, yeah, that's that's kind of mostly done. Yeah, I think it's a quite unstated fact that in this space, when you have to reset a project or rebrand a project, you know, number two of something, number three of something, we've seen it happen a billion times with Bitcoin, Bitcoin Gold, yeah. Bitcoin SV, Bitcoin this, Bitcoin that. They fail so often in this space. Very rarely do they succeed. Um, I'm kind of on the same page, nothing against them, but I think they lost a lot of trust from people that were holding it. They, people got crushed. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't and think I, that. To be gonna... honest, I wasn't a big fan of kind of how Doquan handled things after the blow mm -hmm. up. Um, I would have expected quite frankly, more humility from him mm -hmm. and like trying to think, figure out how to like do right by, um, all the holders. Um, but the way that they kind of like quickly spun up Terra two and, um, that like, uh, Terraform labs, TFL was heavily involved in that whole process. Um, just also kind of gave me the, the sign that like, they were not really fully committed to doing what was right by a community and, and by their broader, um, developer community as well as like holder community. Yeah. I think they tried to do like a large token burn as well. I, on, honestly, the underlying problem for me was the algorithm algorithm using an algorithmically traded uh stable coin seems very risky to me especially when you look at what they're holding and primarily they're holding a lot of crypto a lot of bitcoin mm -hmm. um they weren't in hard cash or cash equivalents i mean you can say whatever you want about tether but i mean at least they have a solid plan of you know how they get set up the backing for it um algorithmically it's i think it's just too dangerous with how much this space fluctuates and i'd like to just see them admit that that is a fault and that it needs to be improved on before doing it again but i think they've you know like you said have kind of like sidestepped it and tried to just move on um and i don't think that looks good credibility wise yeah i completely agree um but i think on the flip side it is only bringing a lot more credibility to the cosmos ecosystem um like seeing dydx decide that this is the right um, technology stack and the right design architecture to actually scale DYDX to the next level and to bring it to millions of users and to kind of like have Antonio realize his, his vision and his dream for um, DYDX and that he's, you know, technology agnostic. He's just going to use the best tech stack to be able to actually deliver the products. Um, and for a lot of the Terra ecosystem developers to be leaving and to coming on to Cosmos um, and for IBC to have launched, um, I think it was like March of 2021. So a year and three months ago. And now to see like 60 plus chains that are IBC connected and more and more are coming, you know, every day. Um, I think we're seeing that like interoperability between blockchains is going to be a very important um, development for the future of crypto. And right now we've been relying on a lot of like centralized bridges. Um, and we've seen a lot of bridge hacks and the wormhole hack happen recently. Uh, whereas kind of like if you look at IBC as almost a bridge, it's it's uh, inter in natural like communications protocol between different um, sovereign L1 blockchains. I think that IBC is like the most resilient and robust kind of like bridging and communications architecture that we've seen in crypto. Um, so I think that's only kind of a testament to, to, to Cosmos. Yeah, I really like a lot of the things that are happening within the Cosmos ecosystem. I think Cosmoverse is happening in uh, here in Medellin in late September. Have you thought about attending? Or are you going to be too far away? Oh, man, I, I'll be there 100%. I'm stoked about it. Yeah, 
I was yeah. actually in Medellin um, in February just for like a few days. And I got to hang out with um, uh, Cryptocito and, and uh, Basio, a couple of the guys that are like building and founding out Cosmoverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really stoked. Yeah, definitely go down there. And, and we got to link up when we're down there, man. Yeah, but we were just talking to them the other day and to Cryptocito. Um, there's another uh, expo that we're putting on called Expo Crypto happening the first oh, or cool. second week of September. So we're trying to collaborate a little bit and share some resources and build out this large month or two month blockchain spree here in Medellin. So it's it's going to be kind of fun. If you can make it here in early September, you should come, man. Oh, nice. And uh, they're doing... Is it DevCon also in, in Bogota? In Bogota, yeah. We're, we're trying to find a way to collaborate with them and just have this huge crypto narrative for like two months in the fall. Uh, I think it'd be really good for the country. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, my wife's uh, like dad's side of the family is uh, Colombian. Um, so I always oh, Perfect. You have an excuse to come. come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, although I don't know. Like I'm in India right now with her for her job. So I don't know if she'll be able to swing it, but I'm definitely coming. Yeah, yeah. Let me know if you can come early too. There's so much going on from like the very start of September through, you know, most of October. Um, So with the Say Network, let's look at your timeline again. You got next week or so, you know, heading into launching Testnet. Um, You're going to do that for a few months. You want to do Mainnet sometime around September, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So have incentivized Testnet starting in early July. Um, And we're really digging into our incentivized testnet. We built out a pretty robust um, different acts of the testnet um, and different um, activities and, and ways that people get involved. And we're allocating 1% of the total token supply um, just for rewards in the testnet. Cause we wanna, um, we're gonna have like a four or five week um, initial testnet one. And then uh, with several acts within that first testnet, then a couple weeks down and then another um, three or four weeks uh, with testnet two, and then if all that goes well, then yeah, we would launch our mainnet in uh, September. Uh, I'm really stoked about that. This is kind of uh, a long time in the making. We've been I'm really impressed with our dev team. Uh, so we have eight full time developers and a couple more that are working part time. Um, and then on our uh, ops and like business development and growth side, we're another ten people. Um, and it's been amazing to work with just like really skilled, really hardworking, and just like fast executing team um, with a big vision. So it's, it's been really cool every day. It's like, I can't even like just going mile a minute. I think I've had calls with like 65 different validators in the past three weeks and everyone's excited and is, is on testnet. Um, already in our testnet, we've had 800 different validators that have signed up. Um, so it's been really cool to see kind of the broader support from the, the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, but now it's on us to make sure that um, as we go into mainnet, um, that not only the say network is really strong, but the uh, vortex, the protocol that's building the, the perpetual perpetuals contracts um, protocol is also in, like in really good shape and has a really strong front end um, and is functioning well with the base layer chain. That's fantastic. Um, it's awesome to hear that you got having that growth and that development, uh, especially during this period of time where the, the market's kind of crazy and down. But, you know, it's like every person I talk to, every developer, every project, every chain, they're just moving ahead with development faster than they were before. It's really interesting. Um, I think truly a lot of great things get done during times like these when things get shaken out and markets are down and interest is low. It's best time to develop anything. So good to hear that. Yeah. And you just get a lot less noise. Like you get 
less people that are like hitting you up just because they want to know like when the price is going to move or when this or that. Mm -hmm. um, some of the tourists and stuff go away and you can just focus on building like the actual product that you're looking at, like that you're looking to build and collaborating with teams that are also building like quality tech. Yeah, it's so annoying. It's a huge distraction, huh? You know, having someone ask, when is something going to moon the next day? When's something going up? When are they going to make money? And like, don't you care about the tech? Like what it's doing? Like it's actually doing good for you. Like, I don't know. People are ridiculous sometimes. Yeah, dude. I, I feel like we're not even done kind of like cleaning all that out yet. I mean, and no, probably not FTNYC was just like, you know, chaos. Mm -hmm. um, and it's in the middle of like all of the kind of like turmoil that we're dealing with. But I think um, people are still kind of like have the, the rose, rosy color, color sunglasses on right now, man. Yeah. Well, to, to each their own, I guess, in this space, it's either way, it's still going forward, which is great. Um, how can people stay up to date on what's going on with the same network? And if there are people in projects and developers, what that, whatnot that want to, uh, join in on the test net and get involved, where should they go? Yeah, no, um, the easiest way is just go to saynetwork.io, S-E-I network.io. And then there's um, learn more and all of our GitHub uh, uh, Git uh, book docs are there. Uh, and it get it really pretty thorough as far as walking through, getting involved on testnet, or if you'd like to build a, a protocol on say. Um, and then also you feel free to hit me up in, in DMs on Twitter. Um, it's Deedle and it's D with four E's in a row, D-L-E. Um, why why yeah, four E's? Just gotta rock, rock it out. Hang out with <laughs> let it let it hang a little bit. Nice, nice. All right, yeah. guys, go follow Dane. Um, go check out the Say Network. Um, get involved if you want to get involved. Be sure to like the video and subscribe. Dan, thank you for taking the time to really come on and explain what you guys are doing. It's really exciting to see um, you know, stuff like this to really help the DeFi ecosystem. I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done still, but very optimistic about it. Um, especially around, you know, Cosmos and everything that's going on in that ecosystem. So good talk. Good chat. Really appreciate it, man. Awesome. I appreciate it, Brandon. I really look forward to uh, hanging in, in Columbia, man. Yeah. I hope to see you in September. Let me know if you come early. Cool. All right. Chat cool. soon. See you, man.